0: I'm still good. Y'all bear with me just for a few minutes because the other side is better. Y'all want to hear how to get, now that we got that out the way, y'all want to <laughs> hear about how to get some favor in your life? Because you're going to need it in these times. Okay? We're going to keep you updated about these things. Let's roll through this really quick. Colossians 4.12 12. who was oh, favor is like the will of God. Someone asked me a very good question the other day How do I know I'm in the will of God? Because sometimes the will of God is taught as a destination point. The will of God is a world that you move into more and more. I'll give an example. Colossians 4.12, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salutes you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Because it's not one thing. It's many things. First Timothy 2.3-4, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of God. Of the truth, So it's the will of God for all men to be saved. So when you give your life to Christ, you have stepped into the world of the will of God. That's why Jesus said, I am the door into that world. So when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, guess what? You have taken the first step into the will of God. Then after that, you have Acts 2.38-39. Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is praying in tongues. For the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, okay, so you give your life to Jesus Christ now you have stepped into the first level of the will of God okay then there's another level which is praying in tongues, the Bible calls it the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we call it praying in tongues, receiving your heavenly prayer language, some people call it the infilling of the Holy Ghost, but that confuses people um, all of those things are praying in tongues the bible says when you receive that you receive power okay when you give your life to christ the holy spirit lives in you when you receive the baptism of the holy spirit the holy spirit comes up on you you now have power to operate like jesus when you receive that you've taken another step into that world called the will of god y'all follow that okay then first thessalonians 4 3 it says god's will for you is to be holy so, stay away from all sexual sin. So, guess what? The another, the next, uh, I don't want to say the next level, but another area of the will of God is you living holy and staying away from sexual sin. Okay. So, as you begin to live holy and stay away from sexual sin, and all of us have had things that we have dealt with and are dealing with that you have to move away from that are considered sin. And as you begin to move away from those things, you move more into the will of God. Now, this is very important because we're gonna hit favor in a second. Favor operates the same way. The more you move into the will of God, the more you move into the favor of God. Y'all got that? And just in case y'all didn't know this, sexual sin is any sex that is not between a husband and a wife that were born that way. Say man, church. It's so all type of freaky deaky stuff going on here, not <laughs> yeah. A's. And, and, no, I don't want to do that. Let me say something. Sexual temptation is so strong, the Bible says that there are no prayers for it. It says all you can do is run. Yeah. Sexual, the sexual urge is so strong that the Bible says if a husband and wife decide to fast and pray, it says they must mutually agree that they're going to fast and pray. Then it's now fasting and prayer can kill a demon. Anyone, the Bible says that. But it says if they fast and pray, it says, Don't fast and pray too long. Lest Satan tempt you because of your lack of self-control, which lets you know that even if a couple are fasting and praying and they are married, Satan can still tempt you in the area of sex. That's how strong it is. Sex mimics worship on the other side. The Bible says that the pleasures of God are at his right hand forevermore. So there are pleasures in the kingdom that make sex look like torture. But y'all find out when y'all get to heaven because I don't know really what's up there. <laughs> I played this joke on my wife. I guess she got upset at me this morning. Not really upset, but because I went downstairs to do my prayer time so I wouldn't wake her up because I got up early. So when she woke up, she said, uh, she said, where are you? And I said, I'm in heaven talking to Apostle Paul. She takes back what? on, <laughs> that's why she say I play too much. I'm always joking around like that. You in heaven talking to Apostle Paul? Okay, First Corinthians twelve twenty-eight, and God has set some in the church. All of you are right in this verse. God has said some of the church: first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, and diversities of tongues. Okay, so everybody starts someplace here, and then based on what God's will is for you, He moves you up. Now, when it says first apostles and then secondary prophets, that's not rank; that's an order of service. So, in other words, an apostle, which is what I am, he has to start something. All an apostle does is just start a new work. With signs following. Okay, when you start it, then God calls prophets to prophesy the future of what you started. Okay. Then as a result of that, people start coming. So guess what you need now? You need to start teaching folk. That's why teachers is third. And then because you start teaching people the word, miracles start breaking out. How I many got some miracles in the last few months? Okay, then you have gifts of healings, and then because this thing starts multiplying, you need help. To handle the amount of people. So you see, this is not rank. It's in order of how things. But see, somebody that want to control you, they'll try to say, I'm the apostle, so I'm always first. First one in the door, first one out the door, first one to eat, first one. Y'all know what I'm saying. And I got to be carried in on a special chair with pillows and special hats. And I don't know where they came up with this stuff from. I told my wife yesterday, nowhere in the Bible does it say that in order for you to be called to ministry, you needed to go to a Bible school, a theological school, or a seminary school. Men created that mess jesus school was hey you guys ain't doing nothing follow me and watch me do these miracles for a few days you got it yes go out there and do it i won't micromanage me come back and tell me when you make a mistake that's his bible school this mess out here where you go sit in the classroom and come out a nut two years later i don't know what that is and jesus told them that in the bible you know what he told them guys he said when you send your people to bible school he said when they graduate he said they are twofold more of the child of hell than when they went in I don't even know what that means. How you double the devil? You shouldn't have been the devil going to school. Now that you come out, now you, are just crazy. Hey, so, helps. So, once you become part of a ministry, and then you begin to kind of locate where the Lord wants you to serve, could be the musicians, could be the sound, could be the praise team, it could be children's church, it could be ushers, it could be inner healing deliverance, all of those different type of things. When you step into that role, you have moved more into the will of God. Y'all got that? So you see the will of God is not one thing, it's several things and destination points that you move more and more into, and then the Lord begins to promote you more and more into those things. Okay. Woo wee. First Thessalonians 5:18. Oh, this is a killer right here. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. It's not God's will for you to be in the circumstance, it's God's will to give thanks. In the circumstance Because giving God thanks In the circumstance Is the fastest way to come out Okay So the more thankful you are When it comes to you I may not have a house But I do have an apartment I may not have an apartment But at least I got a roof over my head I say I may not have the car I want, but at least I'm driving. I might not have a drive, but I got a bicycle. I may not have nothing, but thank God for the bus system. You know what I'm saying? Thank God somebody. And see, it's when you start being grateful like that. The Bible says, "Not nah, you in the will of God." So people that are complainers are always out the will of God, and people that are always thankful in spite of circumstances are always in the will. So that's what I mean by you got to incorporate all of these things, and you move more and more and more into that world called the will of God. Y'all got that? All right. It's good. So that's how favor operates. Proverbs 22.1 says a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. You are going to need the favor of God more and more in these last days because you will need God to do some things for you when the door is closed. You'll need God to manifest some stuff for you when the store says they're out. You need God to do a miracle for you when the gas stations have run out of gas. You're going to need the favor of God. And when the favor of God kicks in, it does not matter what doesn't exist, does exist. They're going to recreate whatever you need. They're going to open up the door. They're going to close it. They're going to shift. They're going to cancel. They're going to create for whatever you need. And you're going to need that. And the favor of God is the same way. The same way that you move more and more into the will of God is the more and more you move into the favor of God. Okay. Here's a graphic. You're welcome to take a picture of it. These are three biblical definitions of the favor of God. First one is friendly regard shown toward another, especially by a superior. I mean, you know God is superior. So is God giving you and doing you a favor? Second definition is acts of goodness, kindness and faithfulness that remove the embarrassment of past decisions and shame. How many of you have gotten in trouble and then you needed somebody to do you a favor? Okay. Now, instead of that call, um, Ronald, yeah, I need you to do me a favor. Here it comes. You need me to bail you out, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what a favor is. You did something stupid, you did something wrong, but the person doesn't regard that. They just bailed you out anyway. Okay? And then the third one is favor that which brings joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness, and grace of speech. So every time in the Bible you see the word favor, it means all of that. How many needs more and want some more of that in your life? Okay. Matthew 17, 24 through 27. On their arrival in Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house, but before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, what do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people or the people they have conquered? They tax the people they have conquered, Peter replied. Well, then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. In other words, you know what he's saying? Man, we ain't supposed to be paying this to this government. They robbing us. That's what he was saying. Okay? However, we don't, we don't want to offend them. See, back then you offended them. Today, you don't pay your taxes. They just put you in jail. Okay? So go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you will find a large silver coin. Take it and pay the tax for both of us. Even though they just ask for mine. God is always going to overdo it, y'all. ain't interested in the minimum. That's your poverty mentality. Nowhere in the Bible do you ever see God do the minimum. It was always something left over. Always something left over. Fed the fish and loaves, and it says the people ate as much as they wanted, and then it was still 12 baskets left over. God never does the minimum. Okay. Only time God will do the minimum is if that's the capacity that you can receive. God is always going to give you up until the capacity that will be the stopping point before it breaks you, destroys you, or makes you turn back to the dark side. Okay. There are a lot of people that the reason why the Lord hasn't blessed them is because he's blessing them. And the blessing is, I know the future, and I know if I give you this money, you won't make heaven. God is always good, folks. Okay. But here, I just brought this out because there is always something out here that God can get to you supernaturally. This is an amazing story because Jesus did not want to pay the tax, which lets you know, don't assume that you're supposed to spend the money because you got it. Jesus had the money. He said, yeah, but we're not going to pay it. He said, but if we don't, they're going to get offended, so we're going to use somebody else's money. And then the gifts of the Spirit kick on. He gives the disciple an instruction that he had to obey. And that's crazy, y'all, when a fish had to give up his life for Jesus just so somebody could get paid. He said, the first that comes up first, that's the one that'll have its coin in his mouth. And so there's always some money someplace, okay? And it'll come out of nowhere. When it comes to favor, it will never come from the direction you think. It will never come from the direction you think. My wife was reminding me of some of the things that happened to us. And y'all remember a few years ago when the real estate market in particular in Atlanta went down. And at that time we had just moved here, and we were staying in a gentleman he had built a home, and it was the favor of God that let this man um, let a family of eight from Detroit <laughs> I know what I'm saying. Move into the first house that he built. It was the first house that he built. He took tender love and care with that. And, and, but it was the favor of God that convinced that man to let this family from Detroit they got six kids to move into this house and pay him rent. Now, how many know that that's favor? We just come from Detroit. We don't know anybody like that. Okay. Here's a second level of favor. When the economy went down, the, our rent was 1400 a month. He called me on the phone. And this is favor. I didn't call him. He called me on the phone. He said, hey, Otha. I said, yeah. He said, things are not going so well. He said, so I'm a lawyer. Rent to 1200 a month. Mm-hmm. Then he called a few months later. He said, things are still down. So I'm a lawyer. Rent to 900 a month. Never called the man. Okay? And then uh, now the second time, he now also, when God does things, there's a new word, I don't know if it's really a word or not, my wife will tell me later, called unreligious. God is not religious. Okay? So he's going to do some strange things. So the first time he called me, it was, he called me like a businessman. Hey, Otha, you know, I'm calling him along your rent. Okay, cool. Second time he called me, he was drunk. <laughs> he was in his basement. And this is how he was talking. Otha! It's like, Yeah. <laughs> I know what this man was talking about. My mama raised me right. I got to do the right thing, Arthur Oh, oh, I got to honor my mama and she raised me right. He's just as drunk as a skunk. I, I got to do the right thing. I know what I'm talking about. I'm a lord that rented 900. I got to do the right thing. I said, well, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> so he realized later on I wasn't quite in my right mind. But see, the Lord will use somebody when they get out of their mind, that's when they'll use them. And he'll convince them to do something when they're out of their mind. But th- there's no... He called me later and said, uh, yeah, I want to apologize for... Uh... <laughs> I said, you're good. He said, um... "He said, but I went a little too low on that. Listen to what he said. But you let me know when you can increase it. Everybody say favor. Favor. Wow. See? You tap now, we walk in that perpetually. Only be, I don't walk in that because I'm a reverend. Most reverends don't walk in favor. You walk in that because you are a child of God and you carry yourself a particular way. Because we were walking in that before we started a church. We were walking in that before I even thought I was... I, there was one time I didn't think I would ever be a minister or ever have a church. John 2, 3-8. The wine supply ran out during the festivity, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine... Dear woman, that is not my problem. We were just invited to the party. It is not ours. My time has not yet come. And just like a mama would do, his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Standing nearby were six stones, stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washings. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jar with water. And when the jar had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. And so the servants followed his instructions. And you go back and read the rest of that story. It says that the leader of the party, the king, he said, you know what? Most parties, they save the best wine up front, and then they bring out the raggedy stuff later. He said, but y'all save the best wine till last. He said, this is the best stuff that I've ever tasted. And the Bible says that when the servants drew the water out of the pots, it was still water when they were taking it to the leader. It says it turned into wine right when he put it to his mouth. You go back and read that later. okay? The, but the point that I'm is that is a very, very, I use my you know, my new word, unreligious. It just shows you that that this the power of God is for your life it's just baffling me how many of you know let's keep it real for a second you got any type of party and the wine is gone how many of you know somebody in there getting ready to fight folk up in their tipsy. you know what I'm saying and, and well it was different wine back then no it wasn't folk was getting drunk in the Bible the first thing that Noah did when he got out the boat was get drunk all them people in the Bible was getting drunk all the time you know what I'm saying I mean, I was saying it was, I'm not saying they were supposed to be doing it. I'm just saying they were getting drunk. And so you see that in the Bible. It was the same wine. And we ain't talking about hard liquor and vodka and ripple and all that type of stuff that y'all like to drink. It's like gasoline and kerosene going down your throat. And you ah, like Martin and doing all that type of stuff. No, nah, that's, that's gasoline, out your tank. Okay. But they were getting drunk. And so, but but it's amazing. And the whole story is just crazy because... Mary turned to Jesus, hey, uh, they had a wine. He was like, what they got to do with me? This ain't my party. And then just like a mama, she turned to these other guys and say, my son don't know what he's talking about. I say it's his time. when it's his time? And so now I need you to do what he says because it's going to be crazy. That's why she said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Because I'm telling you, it's going to be out the box. It's the first thing you tell him to go, hey, we need wine. Why are we getting water? He said, fill all these things up full of water. And, but the thing that I'm trying to get you to see is that was favor kicking in. When favor kicks in, it does not matter what exists. It does not matter what exists. It does not exist. It doesn't matter how extreme it is. God gets over into creativity. He will control things and he will control people. He will open up doors you didn't even know it exists and he'll close a door right there in front of your face so that you go through door number two instead of door number one. So now we actually tapped into this one time when we probably seven years ago. We did a community service project right on the property. Our Saturday location is really big, so it allows us to do that in the parking lot. So we rented all these floaties and balloonies and jumpies and all of those things. And we were going to just minister to the community, let them know a church was there. And so we had got all of this food, and, um, and so we had all of this food. We are going to feed the community, and my wife came up with the idea to get, like, tickets. So, like, you give a person a ticket, and each person would get a ticket and it would represent you get one sandwich, you know, because we had Chick-fil-A, we had potato chips, we had other stuff, we had drinks. And so um, you get a ticket and we're talking about obedience. You get a ticket. So it's one sandwich, one drink and one bag of potato chips. Okay, that's why I don't believe in these new age church picnics where they give you a ticket. I believe in them church picnics where everybody just cooked up stuff that had nothing to do with health and you just ate until your heart's content. Want we'll to do these church picnics and they give me a ticket? What is this? This is for a popsicle? And just whatever. I'm believing that type of stuff. I'm, let me tell you something. I'm, when you fellowship, it's supposed to be a lot of food so that everybody can take two and three plates. Or you do like me. You recognize the food is good. You taste it, fix a plate, and go put it in your trunk, and then come back and eat. I only did that one time. That's about what we will go places. my Wife said, "Don't go in here and embarrass me." I'll go in your refrigerator without asking. That serious. What was I talking about? Thank you, Chick-fil-A. So when my wife was getting in the tickets, the Holy Spirit told her, leave them tickets alone. Don't give people tickets. Just feed the people. Everybody say obedience. obedience. Now, if you are in fear of lack, guess what you're thinking? Uh, no, because we don't want to run out of food. Hey, well, I don't have a problem running out of food. OK, I'm the Holy Spirit. So she left the tickets alone. That's one thing. My wife get her word from God and you can can take that to the bank. She's going to obey, period. She don't care what you think. You're going to, shh. Okay. And so so little did we know that the church, we couldn't see it, behind the trees was a Hispanic community that lived in a trailer park. And that the Lord was going to use that obedience to multiply food to feed those ladies. So they came over in droves. They came over in droves. They came over in droves because they saw the food. They saw the food. And so, and there's there's a scripture, it says, be careful how you judge people who steal, if they were stealing to feed themselves. Don't judge them the same way. So, um, and you know, we had all of these these big, you know, these big things of Chick-fil-A. And so as we watched closely, we would notice that the woman would come and they would have strollers with all of these kids and and they couldn't even speak English. And, 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 And they would get a sandwich and you could see them just getting the sandwich and then hiding it. They'd come back and try to get another sandwich. Boom. And the Lord allowed that because He knew that this was a large group of Hispanics that did not have food. The Lord let her know. He said, These people are using your event. I'm using your event to feed them. Now, we watched that food multiply. There is no way possible we had, because some ladies taking four or five sandwiches. And, and, and this is how it multiplied. When it multiplies, it is not like, you know, you have a thing full of sandwiches, and then when it gets all the way to the bottom, is one sandwich left, and then before your eyes, (laughs) it's not how it happens. It's weird, you can't explain how it happens. You just keep giving out sandwiches, and you're not paying attention. But when you look back, you're like, why is there still all these sandwiches in here? And 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 so you reach in to give more sandwiches, and you just give them out, and you look back in, and say, why is it still at the same level? And them sandwiches lasted until the last person left. As much as we gave. See? And so that was the favor of God blessing those women who needed something to eat. So he fed them with Chick-fil-A. And it didn't matter how many they take, that food just multiplied, multiplied, and it's, you, know, and it, 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 it's you, you scratch your head because you're like, nah, what? And you're looking at all of these people and you're looking at this one box and it just, boom, boom. And it's like you take one out and when you went back, it was right back there again. Okay? That's, that's how favor operates. And so you can move into that more and more where it don't matter what this world says. We ran out of food. Well, seemed to be a... Uh, never mind. Next graphic. When you follow the rules of obedience, God will break the rules of protocol. You don't care nothing about what they said about getting that car. When you follow the rules of obedience, God will break the rules of natural order. When you follow the rules of obedience, God will break the rules of limitation and common sense. This is another. Everybody say favor. favor. I gave that long rendition. Keep it up because people are taking pictures. I a long rendition about the presidency and I'm still good. OK, so this is favor. The church that I used to be a member of in Detroit, the pastor, I was just learning about the things of God. And I heard him say that he was going to Korea, which is, was the largest church in the world at that time. Yonggi Cho, a Korean man who had basically built a church from the ground up and it was amazing. So, my wife was working part time at the church, and long story short, I decided to write a letter to the pastor asking him if I could go. He did not know who I was because it was a large church. I was not a minister, none of that. But my wife worked there part time. So, we wrote the letter, and when we wrote the letter, the Lord woke my wife up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and she wrote the letter flawlessly in one swipe. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, it was done. She took it up there, gave it to him. He read it. He said, did you write this? I don't know why he asked you this. She said, yes. He said, do you want to go? She said, no, because she was pregnant at the time. He said, "Okay, tell your husband he can go. But he got to pay his own way. Now, we're going to Korea. So, you know, you ain't no discount on no flights. You know, ain't no buddy passes. Ain't no standby. If you stand by, you're going to be standing by for the rest of your life. No Korea. okay? And so, uh, and these were first class tickets. So you're talking about seven, eight grand a pop probably. So, but everybody say favor. I had to pay my own air flight and I had to pay my own hotel cost and everything. And so we said, fine, I did have the money set aside to be able to do that. But when I went on the trip, he got mad at me when I tried to do it. I still remember when we were at the hotel desk, getting ready to pay for our rooms. I got put my card up there. He looked, this is how I did it. What you doing? I'm supposed to take care of that. That is not the time to be arguing with folk. Well, let me tell you something that's so deep. Let me tell you how favor works for real, how the Lord manipulated that pastor to get me to see something that I wanted to see. Not only did I not have to pay for the trip, we're over there with his other ministers and other pastors. On the last day of the trip, we are in Korea, in the hotel, at the restaurant, and we're all sitting around this long conference table eating. And the pastor just happens to be at the other end of the table. And I noticed him eating a little bit and then looking around just like this. And then he'd put a little bit more food and then he'd look at me. He'd look around. It's how he did. And he'd eat a little more food and he'd look at me. He did it about three or four times. And then finally he looked down and he said, you call, call me my last name. He said, "Turbo." I said, yes. He said, what are you doing here? He couldn't figure out why I was, why I was there. Because his thing is, well, this is my pastor and this is my minister's and and then they got churches and, and, and this dude, where, where is he? he couldn't figure it out. And so he finally looked at me and said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I said, if you remember, I wrote you a letter and you told me I could come on the trip. He's like, really? I said, yeah. <laughs> Everybody say favor. favor. That's what it means by the Lord will control someone to give you what you desire, what you need or what he wants you to have. You put your faith in God and learn how to obey him and commit to him in every single area, even with the stuff that you don't want to do, and favor will come up on your life like a river. My wife and I have so much favor in our lives that we can't even count it. Okay. So now. Let me just give you a few scriptures here to show you how to move into that favor and then we're almost done because I got some more, a couple more testimonies at the end too. 1 Timothy 4.15. Meditate upon these things. Give yourself completely or wholly to them that your profiting may appear to all. So God, your heavenly father, wants you to have such abundance in your life that everybody in the neighborhood see it. In every area, not just money, in every area. He said, he said, give yourself to what I'm telling you to do. Let go of the world. Let go of everything. And give yourself to the things of God like you're the only Christian on the planet. And he said, what I'm going to do for you, he said, I'm going to make sure everybody sees it. And He will not care what they think. Well, you know, my family got a jealousy problem. Well, it's about to go up to 10 when the Lord gets through with you. You he heard Thompson say, wave at him on the way to the bank. See you. Wouldn't want to be you. Joshua eight. this book of the law should not depart. I'm, I'm, I'm doing these to show you that every area of the Bible is for your profit. There are no commands in Scripture that are for your decrease, your subtraction, or your loss. The ones that you don't want to do are generally the ones that are going to bring the most abundance in your life. Joshua 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, you should be reading the Bible on a regular basis every day. You shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous and you will have good success. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 4, Passion Translation. The one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress. Matthew 6, 17 When you fast, don't let it be obvious, but instead, wash your face, groom yourself, and realize that your father in the secret place is the one who is watching all that you do in secret and will continue to reward you openly. Every single thing that God is asking you in the Bible is always for prosperity, increase, and open reward, even the stuff you do in secret. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. And these are just a couple. The whole Bible is like this. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Oh, the joy of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand hanging around with sinners, or join in with mockers. Mockers are individuals that they always got something to say about everybody. Why they broke. They can't cut their grass, but they're an expert, expert on how Donald Trump's supposed to be running the White House. My favorite ones are the ones that are experts on how the house of the Lord should be run And they can't run their own house Anyway Oh, but they delight in the law of the Lord Meditating on it day and night If they do this, they are like trees planted along the riverbank Bearing fruit each season And their leaves never wither You'll never go down And you'll prosper in how much? All. All that you do Okay See, this is the difference between your daddy, your heavenly, your, your natural daddy giving you a favor versus your heavenly father. When your heavenly father gives favors, you remember it for the rest of your life. Proverbs 22:4: Laying your life down in tender surrender before the Lord will bring life, prosperity, and honor as your reward. Hey. So you, and, 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 and with favor, God wants you to have favor with himself and favor with man. Proverbs 3, 1 through 4. My child, if you truly want a long and satisfying life, never forget the things that I've taught you. Follow closely every truth that I've given you, then you'll have a full rewarding life. Hold on to loyal love and don't let it go. Be faithful to all that you have been taught. Let your life be shaped by integrity with truth written upon your heart. That's how you will find favor. And understanding with both God and men, and you will gain the reputation of living life well. How many ready for a repre- uh, not our own, wait a minute, A repre- a reputation and a representation. I was trying to get it out. R and R, railroad tracks, representation and reputation. Yeah, she always living large. Look at what she's driving now. And let me tell you something. I know people don't like this. Do you know that one, the main reason God wants you to be blessed is because he's your child? Because you're his child, sorry. That's the main reason. No good father wants his children to live low. Every, and this is crazy. A good father wants you to live higher than, higher than him, unless you know how high your father wants you to be. Second reason is he wants the sinners to be jealous of you so that they can come to him. Real prosperity it makes sinners jealous. My friend used to have a Ferrari. He used to, he was always out of town, so he let me drive it. I could get anybody to listen to the gospel and come to church because they, they see that two hundred and fifty thousand dollar convertible right behind me. Hey. It's amazing. That's why God wants you to. That's why uh, Satan wants you to be broke. Okay, and then I know because uh, that's how people have a mentality like that. This guy was listening to, and his sister. She couldn't stand Jesus, couldn't stand the things of God. He used to evangelize a lot. She said, if your God is so good, then how come your wife can't get pregnant? She got pregnant that night. <laughs> God don't appreciate when they make little stupid comments like that. You know. And, and maybe it could have been something they were doing wrong, maybe because she wasn't in faith. I don't know. Could have had a curse on her life. But when God listens to sinners talk to you about that, they're not talking about you. They're making it seem like God ain't real. He doesn't work in your life. you are you serving him? So he'll shut their mouths real quick. Or another thing he'll do is he'll let them talk about you for a while and then he'll bless you so big it'll shut their mouth forever. They're my favorite ones. Either way, they're wonderful. What did I say? Forever with God and man. Yeah. It's two money systems and most don't have an education on either one. I'm doing really good. I'm almost done, y'all. Thank hallelujah. All that time preaching. Okay? And I mentioned this last week, so I won't go into it, but most of us, we went to school and didn't learn anything about money. Amen. Not a thing. They didn't teach you anything about how to open up a credit card to get a student loan when you went to college that you're still paying for. They didn't teach you about savings. They didn't teach you about investing. And, and, and not only, I'm not talking about a class. I'm talking about they should have drilled this into the kids every semester so that when they come out of school, all they know how to do is live lower than their means and save money and know how to go into the start market. No person in the United States has to be poor. It's just simply a lack of education. There are things out there that would blow your mind when it comes to investments. OK, so. Let's read Matthew twenty-two seventeen 17 through 21. So tell us then what you think. This is it them challenging Jesus again? They were always challenging Jesus. OK, is it proper for us Jews to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And Jesus knew the malice that was hidden behind their cunning ploy and said, "Why are you testing me, you imposters, who think you have all the answers? I love the way he talked, by the way. Show me one of the Roman coins. So they brought him a silver coin used to pay tax. He said, Now whose head is on this coin and whose inscription is stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Jesus said, Precisely for the coin bears the image of the Emperor Caesar. Well then, you should pay the emperor what is due to the emperor, but because you bear the image of God, give back to God all that belongs to him. He was also saying, it's two systems. Y'all created the raggedy one, we got the real one. So the ones in charge of the raggedy one, they're gonna ask you to pay taxes and all, okay, fine, do that, okay. He said, but also do what we're telling you to do and work both. Ecclesiastes 11.5 tells you to work both systems. Just as you cannot understand the path of when or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in his mother's womb So you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things Plant your seed in the morning, kingdom of God And keep busy all afternoon, planet earth For you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another or maybe both Everybody say both Both. Okay, so take a picture of this This is where you want to start when it comes to natural money the system of the world. Caesar, the king, the president. OK, take a picture of this. This is called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Wonderful book. Talks about him growing up, how his dad had a poverty mentality, but the man across the street did not. And how he learned about money from the man across the street. The next one is called The Millionaire Next Door. Excellent book. It lets you know how millionaires think. Most millionaires don't live large. They live low. Most millionaires, you might make fun of their houses, but if they want to go to Hawaii for three years and stay there, they can do it. Okay? And so, uh, and like, for example, most millionaires don't ever buy a car that costs more than $45,000. Most millionaires are married to the same woman their entire life. Okay? Like one, one guy, he was, a, he was a multi, multi-millionaire, and he said that uh, he decided to retire, so they cashed out all of their stock options. And his wife's half was $30 million. Wow. And he said they were sitting at the dinner table, and she was cutting coupons. And he said, I, uh, I uh, um, cashed out all of that stuff. And so he said, I will put the $30 million in, in your account. And she said, thanks, dear, and kept on cutting coupons. Okay, I'm not a coupon individual. But it's talking about mentality mm-hmm. is, is don't buy more just because you can. Buy stuff like you're the only person on the planet. Like I said before, we all want to look good, and there's nothing wrong with that. And God wants you to look good. He just doesn't want you to look good, and you can't sleep at night trying to figure out how you're going to pay the bill. He said, do it my way. Let the favor kick in, and there will be no bill. Amen. I tell married couples between the new, you brand new married couple, hey, save. Try to live off one income. Try to live off income. You know, you don't have to have a second car. You don't have to have a third car. You don't have to have, you know, y'all know what I'm saying. And, and it's called Delayed Gratification Syndrome. Wait. Wait. Okay, I remember that battle. I still remember that battle at Best Buy. Had over that TV that I lost. Three days straight, I went out there and just, at Best Buy, just stood at the television. Had a demon on my left side, and I had an angel on my right. It's an angel telling me, don't do it. And the devil telling me, you know you want this television. This is the latest and the greatest. It's poverty now, you know. So when a flat screen costs $3,000. I'm sorry, $3,300 for a 50-inch. You can get a hundred inch now for less than a grand. Yeah. Sitting up here just staring at that TV, staring at that TV. And I knew I wasn't supposed to do it. And I, I went back the next day. Just stared at the best Buy selling. You need help? Yeah, just trying to figure out some stuff here. Just, uh, and they finally knew this brother is battling. And then I lost the battle on the third day and brought that TV home. Never really did enjoy that TV. <laughs> Start going out on me and all that type of stuff. And, you know, you don't, you don't have to have the latest and the greatest Wait. Wait, sometimes it's better to wait and save up. You know what? It's sometimes it's better to wait and save up cash and get it. And, and let me tell you something. Let me give you a little trick. When you go to the store, particularly places like Best Buy, when you go to Best Buy and you are ready to buy something, ask for the open box item. I mean, look, look, I used to work for Best Buy. And the open box item is Latonya bought a television, took it home, opened it up, and said, mm, I changed my mind. And then she brings it back to the store. TV never even, never even got put on the wall. It's open box. And because the box is opened, they got to reduce it down to the lowest price, even though it's a brand new item. Same thing with cars. It's amazing. Brand new car will cost $40,000. When you drive it off the parking lot, it dropped to 32. All I did was drive to the gas station in the back. Yeah, but when you drove it off the lot, the real value kicked in because we're always overcharging you. You actually think a polo shirt costs $100? A polo shirt. Pro- I know they're gonna get upset. A polo probably cost them about ten to twenty cents to make. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, yo. Know? I mean, you, you bought a house for two hundred grand. You actually think wood well, cost that much? You can go to Home Depot and build your own house for for less than a thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My is laughing at me because she's the real estate queen. She'll get those books and then Dave, anything by Dave Ramsey. Anything. He has something called the six baby steps. The first one is whatever you do, even if it take you a year, save a thousand dollars and then don't touch it. That's just less fun. That way, when an emergency happens and the furnace going out, I got the money, dog. I ain't got the car, auntie. Bam. And then you build it back up to a thousand dollars. I think the first one is a grand. Next one is three thousand. Next one is ten thousand. <sighs> Stop all that breathing hard. You can do it. Start. I don't have five hundred dollars, but you do have five. You'd be surprised what you can do if, as Jesus said, you are meticulous with your money. Every house in here is its own business entity. And you must do your own self audit and pay attention to where your money is going. Mm, They said they didn't get no mans on that. Yes. okay. so that's that one. Now, let's just look at four scriptures in regards to the kingdom of God. We've talked about this. Malachi 3, 8 through 12. Should people cheat God? Yet you've cheated me, but you ask how. When do we ever cheat you? We always think we ain't done nothing wrong when we come to God. You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings. He didn't just say tithes. So the blessings come from tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. God says, challenge me. It's a trip. It's the only area where God says, challenge me. Because he knew money was going to be tight. We didn't want to do that. He said, if you don't believe it, try me. Okay. But don't just do the tithe. Do tithe and do offering. Okay. Your crops will be abundant. Here's the promise. For I will guard them. How many want God to be your protector? From insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. That's the tithe. Then let's look at the offering. When you give God 10%, that's not an offering. That's giving God was due him. That belongs to him. He then blesses the under 90%, but you got to use it correctly. Then let's look at the offering. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shake together to make room for more running over and pour it out into your lap the amount you give will determine the amount you get back the reason why most people don't experience that is because most people don't tithe the ones that do they only tithe and if you gave a hundred dollars your check was a thousand and you gave out a hundred dollars in tithe if you give him five dollars in offering what they do is they take that five dollars and they stretch it to such a degree where when it comes back it's like them pouring it out on your lap that's why most christians don't experience abundance because most don't tithe and then the ones that do, they only tithe and they never give. Okay? Then here's the third one. Y'all with me? Yeah. Proverbs 28 27 Whoever gives to the poor will lack what? Nothing. But those who close their eyes to the poverty will be cursed. Now, so God is trying to show you something here tithe, giving, and giving to the. See, tithing, that goes to God. So and see. That comes to you given to the poor that well, when you sow seed that comes back to you But when you give to the poor, that's another it's like this threefold formula that makes abundance start showing up And when you do all three the favor comes like a river Now all of us are operating in favor right now Whether you just got saved, I mean, no the goodness of God causes you to change Even when you were a sinner you were experiencing the favor of God But God doesn't want you to experience the favor that comes for survival he wants you to experience the favor that comes from you just smack somebody because you are so excited. Yeah. Proverbs two nine. when you are generous to the poor, you are enriched with blessings in return. Now, some of us can do this big. Some of you need to start out small, okay? He didn't say it had to be $100, okay? Y'all, it's meticulous. You do it like a business, okay? I got a check for $5,000, okay? Five hundred dollars is belongs to the Lord. Now he already told me that amount. Now I have to determine the amount that I want to sow into his kingdom as seed that he's going to bring back, press down, you know, smash together, pull in the bag back and forth. You could squeeze more leaves. He said, yeah, whatever you sow, whatever the amount is after the tithe. He said that he said, we're going to multiply that like crazy. So we're going to get the most out of that seed. Then you gotta say, okay, I so said let me see, okay, I got five hundred dollars for the time. Um, you know what, I think I'm gonna get fifty dollars an offering, because you know we always go nervous in case we're gonna go bankrupt. Okay, I'm fifty dollars an offering, and then you know what, I'm gonna take out twenty dollars and I'm gonna look for somebody that needs help and I'm gonna give it to them. You just start the process. You do it like a business, you do it like an investment, you do it like you're going into the stock market. When you do it that way, then you can wait for the mailbox. Mm. And then it doesn't happen to the mailbox, and eagle come by and drop you a bag of money. Let me tell you something, I'm crazy like that I'll be looking for bunny rabbits Tell you Especially when I've done something That for God really big Man, I'll be driving down the street looking for trash bags Did a drug dealer happen to drop a bag of money Yeah, I'm serious Some of y'all know what I'm talking about You saw one one of them seeds And you were looking like, okay I'm specking an angel at my front door it better be some breakfast downstairs with this, because I have done something. Okay. <laughs> Luke eleven forty two. You Pharisees are hopeless frauds, for you are obsessed with peripheral issues, like paying meticulous ties on the smallest herbs that grow in your garden. These matters you should do, yet when you unjustly cheat others, you ignore the most important duty of all—to walk in the love of God. Readjust your values and place first things first. He said, now, you want to operate in love, but you're meticulous when it comes to that money. He said, you should be meticulous. But what you should be more meticulous about is walking in love. In other words, you need to do both. That's why I tell people you need to be metic- meticulous about your finances. We were taught just to survive. Just survive. You get a check, you just spend it here, and you just hope for the best. How many of you should go to the club and spend your whole check on Friday night? Go ahead. I know you did it. I know you did it. <laughs> they, this, they, You know, it's crazy. You spent your whole check at the club on one night and mysteriously you still didn't go down to the ground. Because it was the Lord operating in favor to protect your ignorance and your stupidity to make you think that you're supposed to spend your whole check popping bottles with a bunch of crazy people. I didn't. I didn't. Now, as you know, that was one of my areas. I was at the club six days a week. Sometimes I was at the club because one thing is I had proper financial management at the club. hey, you wanna dance? Um, If you buy me a drink first, um, I didn't come here to buy drinks, um, but I'll consider that if you dance first. Well, I need a drink first. Okay, well, there are plenty of women in the club, so I'm gonna just move on to the next one that wanna dance and not the one that wanna use my money to drink. Some of y'all mad at me right now. I don't know, I was probably going to the club on a regular basis like that for two or three years probably ask me how many drinks that I bought a woman in the club. (laughs) (laughs) I know some of my stuff is just, I ain't play that. Cause I knew that they were just using me and they just, I don't wanna spend my check so I'm gonna use yours. I don't know you like that. I didn't ask you for a date, I asked for a dance. (laughs) It's a difference. Anyway, I don't like myself on my iPad. Ecclesiastes eleven four very important folk for you all that want to move into this farmers who wait for perfect weather will never plant, and if they watch every cloud they will never harvest. In other words, if you're looking for your situation to become perfect to start this, it will never happen. Proverbs eleven twenty four generosity brings prosperity, but withholding from charity brings poverty. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with what? Favor. And you can do this whether you are a millionaire or you are homeless. The system works the same. It's not the amount, it's what you have. The Bible says God looks at what you have, not what you don't. Okay? Um, Luke 2.52. Okay, good. It says, as Jesus grew, so did his wisdom and maturity, which means Jesus had to grow just like you do. The favor of men increased upon his life because he was loved greatly by God. Now, God loves all of us the same, but that love will be manifest more based on how you carry yourself. And it says that Jesus had to grow in favor the same way that you have to grow in favor. And to the degree that you give up this life for Christ will be the degree that that favor will come very speedy. Okay. Genesis 39, 21. Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. He was there in the prison, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. I only got a couple more. Now, how many you know, it's not a wonderful thing to go to prison. But, y'all, there are things that are going to happen sometimes that are negative. And if you don't know how to give God thanks in the midst of that, Father, I thank you this happened, but I, I got in a car accident, Father... My car just got smashed, but I thank you that the finances are already on the way to turn this situation around. Instead of you complaining, I can't go to church Sunday now because I got an accident on Tuesday. And, and oh, Lord, why me? And just complaining and walking around, just droopy eyed and droopy lipped and droopy nosed. And, and boogers coming out your nose and you just <laughs> your eyebrows is permanently down. And <sighs> But if you stay in the right frequency, God will give you favor in the midst of trials. Now, when we first moved to Atlanta, the Lord told us to move to Atlanta. Hey. The Lord told us to move to oh, well that's good. The Lord told us to move to Atlanta. There are times when the Lord will give you a word and favor will kick in like crazy. Then there are times when the Lord will give you a word and hell is against you. When the Lord gave us a word, I don't know why. Well, that's a dumb statement. Hell was against us. They knew the future. I didn't know that back then. I didn't know that the enemy had the ability to see this. Stopped them. When I tell you We clawed and scraped our way out of Detroit to get here. And that is not an exaggeration. When I say we clawed and scraped, whew. And so we clawed and scraped our way. Come day after Christmas, my sister drove up to Detroit to get my wife and kids, drive them down to Atlanta to the house that the guy was convinced to give us with the favor. And now I'm in Detroit uh, and don't have the money for the moving truck. Somebody else I think was supposed to give it to me and change their mind. And so then um, a relative, he then gave me the money for the moving truck. And we we packed all day. My wife is now headed toward Atlanta. My son and I packed all day. Then I got on the road at 8 p.m. and drove throughout the whole night. And I was really, really stupid, but I just needed... You ever been someplace in your life? If I can just get away from this job. If I can just get away from him, her, them, if I can just get a, aw- don't care what the cost is. If I can just get up out of here, and when you, when, especially when you move to another state, you're like, I'm done. Y'all can have Detroit. I'm out. My destiny is in Atlanta, and so I didn't care. I shouldn't have drove throughout that night because that was a night I really did hallucinate. And I'm one of them guys. I'll just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. But when I saw Santa Claus and the 12 reindeer swooping in front of me in the lane, I pulled right over and took a nap. And it is not. I was so tired. I am not lying. Said, <laughs> you know, somebody cut you off in traffic. I saw Santa Claus and Trevor come right down there in front of me. I said, yeah, I got to pull over before I mess up." Okay. Get to Atlanta. How I many know? I fought through the battle, and I've gotten to Atlanta. And they repossessed the only car that I had. Knocked on the door on Saturday morning. I thought it was a Jehovah Witness, and it was the guy. Handed me the car seat. I was just being kind, sir. We had to take your vehicle. Opened up the garage and dragged the car right out. Okay. Yep. But everybody say favor. Favor. So I got a little job a couple miles down the street. And without asking, my next door neighbor, and had to work nights, my next door neighbor, um, he came to the decision that he would just pick me up from work and bring me back home. That's a lot. He has to get up early in the morning, like 5 o'clock. Get up. Drive all the way down the street and then bring me home. That's favor. Car got repossessed. We don't know what we we're going to do. My wife's sister said, you know what? She says, I'm going to buy you all an SUV and put it in my name, and you just pay me the monthly amount. And, uh, and, and so I had to catch the bus to North Carolina and get the vehicle, and uh, the thing was in perfect condition. Great big old expedition. Flawless. An older couple had it, and it was meticulous. The thing was just no scratches. It was like a brand new car, and um, and uh, and she did that for us because even though something negative had happened because of the favor that was on our life, God was already working other folk. He put us. See, when, when now there are times when you will ask, but when real favor is there, you won't have to ask. God makes them do it for you before you ask. Okay. I can't even tell you when it came to our kids, our kids go to private school and, and, you know, particularly one of our, our oldest child, she said, if I can't go to this private school, she said, keep me home. I don't want to go to any other school. And, and so we stepped, we really stepped out on faith in that. And so there were many a times when we didn't have the school fees and the amount of times that God showed up for us and who he used to get those. When I say school fees, I'm talking about the school tuition. It happened so many times. We were talking on the way to, we forgot how many times it happened. Just favor after favor after favor after favor after favor. We don't even tell people how much they, we have to pay for our kids to go to school. And and yet, God just honored that big stepping out in faith. It didn't mean that things didn't get tight. I mean, there are times we didn't know what was going to happen. And then when, when that favor kicked in, it wouldn't be like somebody just giving us $100. I mean, it would be a couple of times it kicked in so big we couldn't even tell people. I mean, it was just favor after favor after favor. You know, my son here just recently, um, he went down the street to get his car fixed. And um, um, long story short, you know, he went down there just to see how much, how much it was going to cost to get his car fixed. And the guy brought it up. It was way more than what my son had. And for some reason, this is favor. The person senses something. And he, he asked my son, he said, you in school? He said, yes. He said, how much money do you got? I think my son said $98. He said, well, that's how much I charge you. Okay. And so now just being able to walk in this perpetually, what happens is you get into the rhythm of you expecting God to do this, which is faith. And then it comes because you expect it. 'Cause he get to doing it so much. And you gotta start declaring all this father, everywhere I go, money is trying to jump into my pocket. Everywhere I go, Father, I thank you that I have favor. Lord, I ain't paying a regular price for nothing. Father, I thank you. You walk in Walmart, you walk in walk in Walmart and all of the products. Who is that? Yeah. Yeah. Towels leaning out the aisles That that person that go to Lionheart Church, you know what? And that's how it works, okay? I done preached preach two full messages, and it's only twelve o'clock, and I said I was going to stop at twelve, okay? So, so, and I, so, let's just read this one last scripture. We'll just we'll just read it. Oh, put up the graphic though. Taking pleasure, I think. Taking pleasure in God and the interest of His kingdom is a covenant qualifier to receiving waves of divine favor. We're talking about waves, We're talking about you standing there on the ocean and just wave after wave. See, let me tell you something. It is so much in our lives now that we forgot how much it was until we started talking about it on the way to church this morning. And I'm sitting there like, oh, this is an every day, every week thing now. Okay, And then making the things of God and the house of God your first priority will attract strange and overwhelming favor from God. Okay. <laughs> when we went to Mexico, oh, I got to tell y'all this last story. I'm sorry, I got to tell you this last one. You might have to help me around to get it right. Okay, we were like, we need a vacation. Bad. We still want another one. Okay, it's, it's just, we can go to Mexico tomorrow, you know, psh. Okay, so, so this is favor. When, that, when my friend took me to Hawaii, I always wanted to take my kids to that trip, but to take my kids on that trip would cost me about 30 grand. It's not, Hawaii is expensive Okay, so How did we even find out about Mexico? Oh, I know, favor A person that was A member, watch this, this is how favor works A person who was a member of our church Who got offended at me later and left the church Gave me Their timeshare to use So we went over there He gave us a timeshare, we went And it was in Mexico And what is it called? Um, um Pueblo. <laughs> My wife is Peblo. It's Pueblo, Pluto, Peblo Bonito. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful result. So we went over there. We realized, okay, God favored us and allowed this man to come over here to show us where we could bring our own kids. Because we could, we, we could take them there for a third of the price of taking them to Hawaii. And this place in Mexico was killing Hawaii in every single area. And so we were like, so we came up with a plan and we, and, and so now while my wife and I were there, we were standing on these little beds that are sitting on the ocean. Everybody say favor. favor. Now, you know, they got these timeshares and those, those, you know, these things on the ocean are expensive, even though it's much cheaper than Hawaii. And mysteriously, a man and his girlfriend or wife just came by and, 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 and they were on the beach, and these little beds have to be rented. So he was there, and, and, and he said, you mind if I sit here for a second? Now, I knew this perturbed my wife, because she, 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 she kind of lifted up, like, because she laying on the bed, she's like, come over here for you to sit on my bed. And, and, and uh, so he got to talking some things and sharing some things, and, and I was like, I think that was a divine appointment. And then we happened to get on a golf cart, because this is a place they take you around with a golf cart. When we got on a cough cart, there was a woman there, I believe from Australia, maybe. And we got on a cart and the woman asked, everybody say favor. Favor Favor also means hooking up with the right person that gives you information that you didn't even know you needed. We get on the cough cart, her and my wife get to talk and she said, oh, do you have a time? Well, my wife asked her, do you have a timeshare here? Oh, absolutely not. I would never do something that insane. She said, I go on this particular website and I rent. The room for the other individuals that were suckered into the timeshare. We went and checked, and the rooms are severely discounted, what allowed us to then pay for the room. Let me say something. though. What they call a two-bedroom is the size of your house. So we were able to get a room. How old we pay for the room? $1,800 maybe? We paid $1,400 for seven days, for a whole week, for the whole family, and, and everybody had their own bed, full kitchen, full patio, which stretches probably from that wall to further than that wall, on the ocean, everything. We had two jacuzzi tubs, $1,400 for a week. Everybody say favor. favor. Okay. For a week. So, so we reserved that. But then it was going to cost me $6,000 an airline ticket. Okay, so... We were getting there. We're saving the money. But then we were starting to get nervous because the time was coming and we need to get these airline tickets for eight people. And the longer you wait, the price goes up. So I did something. I just kind of felt like I could do this. So I called somebody that I knew was a friend of mine and I said, hey, man, I need a favor. I said, I'll have the money in the future. I said, but I need to let you I need to. I need you to loan me $6,000 so I can buy these airline tickets so that this trip does not get away from me. He was like, oh, no problem whatsoever, okay? I mean, you know, you need some friends in your life like that. You ask for $6,000, and like, oh, I thought you, thought you was going to ask me for $5 million. Now I don't have to think about that for a day. He's like, oh, yeah, no problem. So he came over there, and he bought the tickets on his card for me. So, and I said, okay, I I'll I'll, I'll should be able to pay you back by the end of the month, Okay? When it got to the end of the month, the Lord gave the man a dream and said, the money that you gave that couple and loaned them, he, he said, if you let it go, I got a surprise for you. Wow. And the surprise was behind a big gold nugget. So he called me, uh, yeah, dog, that uh, $6,000, you can have that. I want my surprise. How many know when the Lord got a surprise for you? This ain't no jack o jumping out of a box. Okay. So now, $6,000 just like that. gone. Boom. Boom. See? And when I tell you we had such a wonderful time on that trip, I mean, it was just, oh, God, ocean view. And just that, that trip healed me a lot because I didn't know how much I need to be next to the ocean. Just hearing those waves just crash and just... I don't know, I can't even explain what those oceans, the Bible says that the voice of the Lord is upon many waters. It was like every time that ocean crashed, I mean we're right there and it would crash and it was just something was happening to my soul. We needed that trip more than we we knew. And so I sell that to say start with a vision board and write your dreams down. God ain't thinking about your little tired money. He will make something happen for you in the future. You'll win a trip. Without even trying. I've been waiting for public, who is it? Um, a clearing house. Yeah, clearing house to come to my door. I've been waiting. All right, I'm going to act the fool, though. If that ever happened, I'm going to let you know. I'm going I'm to I'm scream like the grandmama scream. Ah! I'm going to act the fool. I need $7,000 a week for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? Yay. What I'm saying is there are many wonderful things out there. It's not based on your income. It's not based on your age. It's not based on your gender. It's based on are you giving up your life to move into the will of God and the favor of God so that you can experience waves of divine favor. God will do more for you than you ever ask. I was going to read that scripture, but I won't because I'll close it. Uh, Solomon gave a big offering to God and God showed up the next day in a dream and said, whatever you ask me to do, I will do. Do you realize how crazy that is? That shows you what God wants to do for you because he's not a respecter of persons. But because of how committed that man was to the things of God, God shows up and says, any area, ask. And he said, well, I don't want to go like that far. He said, I just want a right heart to govern your people correctly. And the Lord said, oh, cool. He said, well, since you asked for that and you didn't ask for the rest, I'm going to give you the rest anyway. He said, not only am I going to make you rich, even though you didn't ask for it. He said, when I'm done with you, no king will ever be able to say he had more money than you. And he said, and I'm going to make you famous, even though you didn't ask. 'cause all good fathers want their children to be rich and famous. Y'all got that? Okay. So so these are things and these things are automatic. You you need to have a vision board. Don't base no vision board based on you got a fixed income. You 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 got a fixed in, y'all it's always some money out here with your name on it. Always. You think God is impressed by your fixed income? If anything, he's excited by your fixed income to show you that he can work around what's fixed. Nothing moves God. It just moves you. And and we don't have a proper relationship with our Heavenly Father to understand that He will do things for you in certain areas that you'll never be able to afford. But you got to start with belief and living right and committing to Him and being in the Bible, even though they call you okie-dokie and spending time in prayer again and going to the church again and doing all those things. And, And heaven is like, again, again, again. And the Bible says this about prosperity. It says, "Yeah." Uh, last point. Did y'all know, if you didn't, I'll let you know, that when it rains, it's only, there's a, the Bible talks about it. It was in the Bible before they found out that there is a cycle when it comes to rain, okay? The water that's in all of the rivers and the oceans is always going up in the atmosphere and it gets into the clouds. And then when the clouds get full, then it rains. And in Ecclesiastes, that says that it's a cycle, that God created. They found this out later through scientists. They're always late. Okay? But the Bible says that when it comes to your prosperity, it says when those clouds become full, you will not be able to stop it from raining in your life. Those clouds become full by you praying and spending time in the word and, and getting rid of sin and trying to move into the things of God and learning how to tithe and give and give to the poor Me a blessing. And all the time you filling your cloud up. It's just that when they, how many know, you couldn't see what was going in the cloud, but you sure don't see what come back down. Yes. He said, that's how it is. You'll be doing this on a regular basis. You really could not see what you were doing. But when we rain on you, it's going to rain on the whole neighborhood. Amen. Hey, that's all. Okay, our greatest days are ahead of us. We should have learned that just by with this coronavirus situation. I'm almost, and I'm so out of order. I'm like, Lord, send another one, Jesus, because we went up. I don't mean to be rude, it's just that. See, when you're on a different system, none of this stuff out here is just this stuff is supposed to make you, it drowns other folk, but for the other ones, they surf on top of it. Have a good time. Okay, so amen. Let's go ahead and stand. Thank you, Lord. I preached two messages that was two hours of teaching that's crazy I can't even believe maybe it wasn't two hours I don't know what it was hallelujah let's lift our hands give God thanks for a moment thank you Lord God thank you Father God just begin to open up your mouth and ask God to give you waves of divine favor thank him for the favor that he is already given it in your life because he has covered you more than you would ever know one of the greatest things that you see in heaven is they will reveal to you the favor that you never saw because nothing negative happened all of the time that they kept you from car accidents all of the time that they triggered certain events so that you would not lose your job or that bill would be paid they kept your mind when you thought you were going to lose out covered you when you made that mistake Thank you, O Lord God, for waves of divine favor coming upon your people in these last days. Thank you, O Lord God, that as they move more and more into obedience, that you will reveal yourself unto them in a mighty way. Thank you, O Lord, you desire all of your children, young and old, new and mature. You desire all of them to live higher than where they are right now. Thank you, O Lord God, let their testimonies run like a river exalt them and bless them oh lord god i thank you father god that you are making their name great in their neighborhoods making their name great in the community making their name great on the job and in the business world whatever they do i thank you that they will stand up and they will stand out from now on in the mighty name of jesus i thank you oh lord god that the amount of money that they make will not dictate the level of life they will live on you will give them the desires of their heart You will increase them more and more. Take them from glory to glory. Thank you, O Lord God, that you will bless them in these days to show them, O Lord God, how much the kingdom of heaven loves us. Thank you, O Lord God, for these things. We come into agreement that every person under the sound of my voice today will have their own testimony. Testimony of joy. Thank you, O Lord God, that our church will be known as a place of great dancing and a great shouting and great joy as a result of the goodness in the land of the living. Thank you, O Lord God, for doing these things and getting rid of sorrow and getting rid of shame and getting rid of debt and bad mistakes. Thank you, O Lord God. Surely we will be able to say that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you, O Lord God, for doing these things. Hallelujah.